Episode 16, In Absentia, Part 1. Hi, this is Dragnacarta, DM for Curse of Strahd, Twice Bitten. You're listening to the Twice Bitten Podcast, a campaign where five Curse of Strahd DMs head back into the mists for a hauntingly familiar adventure. Starring Jack as Betrion, Kaya as Lillison, Linus as Amity, Serena as Kiva, and Twy as Erythrondir. You can catch the horror live every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Twitch at twitch.tv slash rcurseofstrahd, or watch new episodes every Monday on YouTube at youtube.com slash c slash rcurseofstrahd. You can also listen to new episodes of this podcast weekly at anchor.fm slash twice-bitten, or wherever you like to syndicate your podcasts. Now, let's get right to Ravenloft. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Curse of Strahd Twice Bitten, the show where five DMs take on D&D's top gothic horror campaign. I'm Dragna Carta, your host and DM, and thank you to everyone for tuning in. I hope you had a excellent uh, holiday break for those who had a holiday to celebrate. Um, otherwise, uh, this should be a fun week. I know that I've been uh, looking forward to it. Uh, I hope the others have been looking forward to it, if not dreading it. So, should be a fun one. Otherwise, I think we don't have much to go over before we get started today. So, without any uh, further ado, let's get started with Curse of Strahd Twice Bitten. A striking elven female with an almost ritualized poise. Kiva Cyrilai always endeavors to be a level-headed mediator and a soothing presence in the lives of all she meets. Determined to look ever forward, she relies on controlling day-to-day chaos. Anyone who watches her for long enough, however, can clearly see there's something undeniably feral and unpredictable bubbling under the surface. In the company of these fine strangers, he is just Metreon. But across the Sword Coast, he's known as Metreon the Magnificent. He is a tiefling whose body and dress carry the signatures of a nomadic performer, as evidenced by the rougher edges of his costume and his sinewy frame covered in faded tattoos. Though he may not look like a typical magician, rest assured, he cleans up quite handsomely. The well-dressed, well-spoken half-elf who introduced herself as Lilisen has stayed away from the rest of the traveling group during the journey so far. Oh, she's friendly enough if someone strikes up a conversation with her. Charming, even. But left to her own devices, she invariably keeps to herself and even looks nervous when anyone comes within ten feet of her. Amity. A terrifying deviloid, with a tail that will knock your drink over if she gets too excited. Even worse, some pig follows her around and eats almost as much as she does. Yet, she's generous and easy to befriend, especially if you get her talking about her book of fables. Just, if she compares you to a fox, it's hard to tell if that's a compliment. 
Erythrindir is a high elf man who looks perpetually like he's never quite gotten enough sleep. After his departure from elven society, he found himself out in the wilderness, working as a ranger in the deep, deep woods. However, this did little to quell his passion for history, and he's found himself on the road to Neverwinter, hoping to track down a book that might hold the answer to a question he's held for a long, long time. Alright everyone, welcome back. So, last we left off on Curse of Strahd, Twice Bitten. At the request of Erwin Mardikov and Danica Durakova, the owners of the Blue Water Inn in Velaki, the party traveled to the Wizard of Wines winery to the west, the source of Barovia's wine trade. There, they learned from Davian Mardikov, the patriarch of the Mardikov family and the owner of the winery, that the vineyard had been invaded by evil druids and their plant blight minions. Through stealth and tactical savvy, though with some somewhat dangerous errors, the travelers cut and carved their way through the dark winery, clearing out the invaders within. As they studied an evil staff obtained from the druids, the party discerned that it could be broken to destroy the remainder of the blighted horde in the vineyard beyond. After doing so and rejoining the Marta Cubs, the characters agreed to spend the night at the winery, sharing stories and histories as they deliberated the druids' foreboding final words. The following morning, an ominous dream drove Amity to seek out the Marta Cubs and warn them of potential danger. Meanwhile, the others engaged Davian Mardikov and learned that the winery's three enchanted gems had been stolen, preventing the Wizard of Wines from growing more grapes. Davian agreed to provide barrels of wine for delivery to the Blue Water Inn, but warned that his supply would soon cut off permanently, unless the travelers journeyed to Yester Hill and the ruined village of Berez to recover two of the missing gemstones. Tempers soon flared, however, with several party members reluctant to accept this dangerous new duty. As Davian simmered, Adrian and Elvir Mardikov, his sons, finished loading the winery's wagon with the promised shipment. Once ready, the travelers joined the wagon and set off to the misted vineyard toward the old Svalich road and their return to Velaki. And so, moving together as you slowly pass through the misted trail that winds its way east and northward from the Wizard of Wines, passing through the vineyard into the quiet meadow that lies beyond before ultimately rejoining the main road traveling north you begin making your way back toward the old Svalich road and hopefully to Velaki beyond as above you in the beneath the clouded misted sky you see two swarms of ravens collecting and then scattering and gliding overhead as they watchfully follow the wagon as it begins rattling and rumbling its way up the trail. The air is cool and the earth slightly moist and soft in places from the rain of yesterday. Those you make your way forward and ahead, the chill air causes some of you to shiver somewhat. 
Elvir and Adrian continue making their way forward. Elvir watching the road on either side as Adrian tends to the horses, the reins in his hands as he keeps his eyes on the road ahead. Uh, what are y'all doing? Uh, so, so the way that the card is set up, just to remind me because it's been a minute, um, we are all walking except for Amity, who we put on the back, right? Yes, Amity is on the back of the cart. Uh, there's kind of a little space there. It's not really a seat so much as a small platform where the barrels are loaded and offloaded. And uh, she's just kind of able to perch there happily as she pleases, uh, just kind of leaning up against the six barrels stacked there in the main bed of the cart. Okay, so at least Metreon is kind of keeping to the back, uh, keeping an eye on Amity, uh, but is periodically uh, scoping out both sides of the road to see if, you know, or hear if anything uh, is rustling, like any alcoholic wolves, um, and uh, is occasionally like looking up at the flocks of ravens and just is kind of perpetually on guard and on edge. All right. Uh, how is everyone else situated? Just making your way alongside the cart? Kiva sort of uh, would have made her way towards the front. Uh, she has her scimitar drawn, um, and she's just, again, sort of like Metreon, keeping a, a steady eye on the road and making sure that nothing can surprise them. Yeah. is at the front as well, although I think he's not quite as attentive, kind of torn between looking between the scenery and just kind of making small talk. I think Lillison will be near the back, um, looking around every so often, but mostly seeming to be lost in her own thoughts. All right. Uh, anyone who's keeping an eye out on the area around you, if you'd like to make a perception check for me. Yes, please. Woohoo! That's a, that's a 12 for Metreon. 15 for Lillison? <laughs> 6 for Kiva. All right. Uh, as you make your way down the road, proceeding north for a good uh, half an hour or so, the path disappearing into the woods and winding between the trees, Lillison, as you're making your way along the road, tailing slightly behind Metreon, uh, just off to the side, your leg brushes a bit against a bit of underbrush, a low branch that's lying across the side of the road. The branch twists a bit uh, as it extends into the underbrush and you hear a rustling from beside you. And as you glance over toward the foliage adjacent to the road, you see something moving. And as you do, you your eyes lock onto the motion beyond. And as you do, you startle a wild looking figure kicked in gray mud and clutching a crude stone ax. Whether it's a man or woman, you can't tell. The figure recoils okay. as it catches your eyes. Okay, Lillison is going to try to keep her eyes on this figure, uh, sort of as she goes, uh, possibly turning around and doing the uh, the, the college tour guide walk. All right, uh, as you do so, you watch as the figure, or you can kind of hear it very faintly stepping back. Uh, the shadows is darkening over its position. Um, Metron, you turn and you just faintly see motion in the bushes as Lillison kind of steps around uh, the foliage and you can just faintly see the silhouette withdrawing 
the glint of uh, motion in the shadows before it vanishes. Metreon instinctively reaches for the hand crossbow, uh, but seeing that it's backing away, uh, back into the woods, he keeps his hand on his on the handle of it, but uh, does not draw it. He just keeps his eyes. He wants to see where it's going, if it's moving away from them, or if it's kind of just moving back to just keep watching them. Uh, make another perception check for me. Nine. Nine. Uh, as you kind of glance toward it, you don't see the figure, though as you glance toward a space uh, kind of surveying the area, you see a slight rustling on the opposite side of the road, a similar silhouette uh, skulking back and vanishing into the darkness. You see no further indication of their presence, however. Oi. Do you see them? Yeah. I think there's like uh, at least two of them. Lilithan is going to um, open her mouth, think better of it, then lower her head and just cast a message to Erythrindir. We're being watched along the side of the road. Figures with axes keep an eye in front of us. Erythrindir jolts as the message hits him, kind of looking around and clutching the stone for the stone in his neck for a moment and then nods and sends back all right thank you he's going to kind of nudge amity as he walks kind of mumbling keep your eyes open and then he's going to keep watch around the cart for what amity whispers back but yeah she is going to suddenly you know keep her eyes open and actually be looking around uh, sh- should I now make a perception check, or? Uh, if you'd like to see if you can spot these figures, you may make one. 18. 18. Uh, glancing around, you do see, uh, glancing off through the forest, a place where there appears to be a small rise of a hill overlooking this part of the woods. Uh, and you can just faintly see uh, two dark silhouettes uh, kind of making their way through the trees, uh, not very far away, perhaps a hundred yards or so. Uh, You watch as one of them glances back uh, before they vanish into the foliage. Amity sort of nudges, uh, I guess, Erythrindir, if he's the closest one still, and sort of points in the direction. Oh, son of a bitch. Well, if they're planning an ambush, they're doing a piss poor job, so suppose that's reassuring. Guess we just leave them be? I, I guess so. If I mean, it's not an ambush if they're behind us, right? They're following us. E- it, it, it could, they could be scouting for one, but yeah, we're probably fine. Just let's not... Ugh. Not get into a fight if we don't need to. Not after that. Do you, do you think they're Vistani? Uh, no idea, but, like, I'm more inclined to say probably with the folks that Davian was talking about. It was, they mentioned that there were berserkers or something, mountain people. This seems more like a profile than what we've heard of them. Oh. 
Yeah. Is a Barovia just great? <sighs> it's absolutely wonderful. Real tourist destination, you know. And that is all Arthur has to say for the moment. Same. All right. At this point, Adrian uh, kind of glances back, seeing the group of you talking. Is everything all right back there? Yeah, um, uh, just uh, taking in the sights, really. Good. All right. Um, Well, we should be hitting the Raven River crossroads uh, shortly. Uh, Then we should be able to start heading back toward Velaki. With any luck, we'll be there uh, less than two hours. Are you... uh... You ever um, hear of anybody just, uh, you, I mean, you was in these woods, uh, uh, other folk who uh, might be, and uh, Metreon is kind of glancing out at the sides of the road as he's talking to Adrian. Uh, you know, any other folk who uh, maybe uh, hang out in these woods too? Uh, other folk? Um, well, there are some, uh, um, some from the mountains. They do tend to look a bit in the woods. Uh, why'd you ask? Oh, no reason. He says that very deliberately and loudly. Kiva just shoots him a look like, nice, really obvious. Adrian kind of blinks and then shrugs and then turns back to the uh, horses. Can nothing Barovia be easy? Yeah, no, fair enough. All right, so you continue on forward, making your way down the path and joining the wagon as it proceeds north toward the Svalich road. After another 20 minutes or so, you arrive once more at the old dirt road intersection that lies there. You can see the weather-worn signpost. It's arms pointing along the branches, one toward Kresk, where you can see through the woods an arching stone bridge. You can see one arch uh, of the arm pointing east toward Velaki, and from whence you came, the arm pointing toward the Wizard of Wines. As you make your way into the crossroad, Adrian gently nudges the horse's reins and they begin making their way down the eastern road But as he does, Lillison and Kiva, your ears perk up as this land is home to many wolves and their howls at the moment are too close for comfort. You watch as Elver and Adrian stiffen, the horses stalling in place, snorting great puffs of misty air. Look, we have to keep moving. I I know the horses are probably scared, but um, I think we should just press through. Adrian stiffens and Elder glances back over the lot of you. I've, I've heard those howls before. The pack's close. They only give those howls when they're on the scent. Scent for what? Scent for us. The horse is winning again, pawing the ground. And Adrian, what, what you see, is now, he's now... Adrian's now slinging himself down from the side of the wagon... You can see at his hip a uh, short sword glinting faintly in its sheath as he moves up towards his back and pulls a crossbow and begins loading a bolt. I'm afraid that making our way down the path won't do much good. We can't lose these the pack that easily. 
Not with this wagon. Yeah, can't take the trees this time. But but you must handle this all the time, right? So so you you're prepared. Stay close. Or perhaps keep to the wagon. I mean, who's to say that they're even going to attack? They might just be intimidating us if we keep our noses down. There's no harm in stopping and being prepared for a few moments. Yeah. I, okay. Everybody who can get some range, get on top of the wagon. That'll give us. Metron immediately gets on top of the wagon, uh, (laughs) and uh, uh, without any further word, uh, and taking a cue from Adrian, starts to load bolts up just in case. Yeah, Erythrindir is going to do the same, unslinging his wand as he does. All right. So last time we got separated, we whatever happens, we stick together. All right. Wilson's going to take up a position near the back of the cart, uh, pretty close to Amity. Kiva moves in front of the horses, and she's going to sort of walk ahead of everything. Adrian nods at you gratefully as he and Elvira take up uh, places on either side of the horses, uh, forming a three-man barrier around them. Adrian kind of gives you a grateful nod. If we can keep them away from the beasts, keep them away from the ones in the anything that comes from the front, away from the back, then... We'll have a better shot of getting to Velaki in one piece. Just... They could be here for terror, they could be here for food. So... I'm sure that they know if if they lame one of the horses, then they'll have meals for weeks, so... Let's do our best to make sure that none of us uh, give them what they're looking for, yes? About how many did it sound like? At that point you hear several more howls. Uh, three, four, it's five, it's difficult to tell. Oh, fucking hell. Adrian stiffens. They're getting closer. Everyone keep an eye out. Alright, is there anything you wish to do um, as you wait? Um, Metreon is definitely sinking into the back of the cart, but he, like, mechanically, he is trying to hide. All right, Kiva sort of gets in like a battle stance and um, is, can she ready an action early or no? Uh, I'm afraid not. That would only happen on your initiative. Okay. All right. Um, I, actually, I think Amity's also going to try to hide, but a different spot for Metreon to not give him away just in case. All right. Are you hiding amongst the barrels? Because there's not really yeah. a whole lot of room. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, I would say that you can try to hide amongst the barrels, but it would be with a disadvantage, and only one person can do it. I would say then that seeing the spatial relationship between the barrels and the rest of us, uh, and knowing Amity's condition, uh, Metron will actually instead, uh, as he's on the back of the cart, hey love, get get back here. Uh, uh, really? Oh, Come on, thanks. Go. Yeah, she, she goes, she goes, she goes, she goes. Uh, I'll make a <laughs> stealth check. All right, go for it. Uh, what's with disadvantage, you said? Yes, 15, disadvantage. Fif- 15. Nice. Yeah. All right, 15. You kind of tuck yourself away in a pocket between the wall of the cart and uh, two of the barrels, and just kind of peering up over the side or just barely able to survey the uh, area around you. Uh, and as, as right. she's doing that, Metreon is going to go ahead and climb off the back of the cart and get underneath the cart. Ooh, spicy. All right. Uh, are you going to hide there, or are you just kind of yeah, looking gonna, down there? Yeah, I'm going to try and hide Because you have to get prone to get down there. 
Uh, what does prone right. do for ranged weapons again? Uh, disadvantage. Or it, yes, hmm. it will give you disadvantage. Yeah, disadvantage on weapons. Is it just on on weapons and attacks, or is it on any kind of check? On weapon attacks, and it will give things advantage to attack you. Ugh. Um, in melee specifically. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's gonna hide for right now. Fuck it. Hi. All right, make a stealth check. Ooh, it's an eight. <laughs> Yeesh. All right. As you watch, you can see the swarms of ravens overhead gathering in a great cloud of black wings and beaks. Uh, you can see their eyes piercing down over the countryside and forest around you. Uh, it appears that they are increasingly watchful as well as they dive down to a lower level in the sky. Uh far closer to the ground, though still a good 15 feet overhead. There's another howl louder than the others. And Elvier loads his crossbow, uh, glancing out toward the sides, his breath misting in the air. All right. They're about to be on us. Get ready. And just as he says that, springing forth from the underbrush, snarling with a roaring growl, you see a large black wolf, its eyes glinting uh, an amber gold in the darkness of the woods and foliage around it, as around it several others each burst from the woods on either side, darting toward the crossroad as the horses Winnie and Adrian and Elvir aim their crossbows. I will need everyone to roll initiative. Ooh. Oh boy. Wow, okay. We're all loaded in the encounter tracker, if you'd just like to roll your dice there. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> 12 on initiative. It's a 22 on initiative. All right. Uh, Earthrender and Metreon? Working on it. Uh, that's a 13. All right, very good. Uh, Kiva, you are up first. You see... Uh, nearly a dozen wolves now darting forth from the underbrush, one, then another, each one panting, snarling, uh, great gasps of misted air into the ground as their slavering breath and maws drip saliva down into the earth, their eyes fixated on you and the horses. Uh, you can see two immediately darting toward you from the east. Uh, what are you doing? All right, so seeing the two darting toward towards her. They're not there yet, so she's going to um, take these steps forward, get in between um, the wolf and Adrian and uh, make an attack. Alright, go for it. That is an 18 to hit. That will most certainly hit. Roll some damage. Uh, that is 8 damage. Alright, as the wolf stampedes toward you, bursting through the underbrush. You step nimbly, elegantly up to Adrian's side and bring up your scimitar, carve right across its shoulder. Blood bursts from it, steaming as it hits upon the ground, the wolf snarling in pain. Uh, anything else on your turn? Uh, no, that's all she's gonna do. All right, very good. Uh, with that, Elvir is up. Um, he will uh, turn toward the wolf that you just wounded uh, and narrow down his uh, crossbow toward it, aiming down the sights and letting loose a bolt. That is a 12 to hit, which just barely, barely misses 
as it skids off the side of the of the wolf's hide, uh, just barely failing to pierce or scratch the skin. He curses and begins loading a new bolt. All right. Uh, with that, you watch as the ravens caw and squawk, um, one swarm swooping down toward the wounded wolf. Uh, tearing at its flesh, but the wolf snaps and swipes them with its paws. The ravens uh, swooping back overhead. The wolf will take an attack of opportunity. Uh, and it does hit, dealing six dam five damage, half to three. All right. The other swarm of ravens will head off one of the wolves coming from the west. They will uh, attack, pecking and clawing at the wolf, unfortunately missing as well, uh, before gliding up back into the sky. The wolf will also take an attack of opportunity against them. And miss with a natural one. All right. Uh, that is the end of the raven's turns. Uh, next up, Amity. All right, uh, Amity sort of can whisper through the car floor. Are, are, are these like the big ones, or well, are these just regular wolves? Uh, they appear to just be regular wolves. Are you addressing someone in uh, particular? Sure, sure. I, I assume Metrion was below the cart, but um, so uh, yes, you are adjacent to Aerithrin, dear. Yeah. You can see that he's just kind of like standing crouched oh, on oh, the barrels beside you. Yeah, so she's going to um, peek her head out and fire the crossbow at this uh, one to the left. All right, and you were successfully hidden, uh, so uh, roll with advantage, please. Oh my. Well, in that case, it's a 18. All right, an 18 will hit. How much damage? Uh, seven piercing. Unfortunately, I do not have sneak attack. <laughs> um... All good. And that was the one next to the ravens, right? Indeed. Um, and uh, again, sort of speaking through the floor of the cart to Metrion, um, she'll say, "I'm I'm 100% sure that that Davian's dealt with this before and has it under control. But just in case, I'm I g give him back up, and she's going to give him some b -b -b bardic inspiration." All right, beautiful. Um, with that, it is the it is the wolves' turn. Several of them are going to move forward toward the cart. Oh my goodness, that's a lot of wolves. Yeesh. Alrighty then. So, moving around, uh, there are going to be uh, two or three that are two that are going to attack Elvir. All right, uh, both hit. Um, uh, you watch as Elvir kind of vanishes behind wolves for a second, um, but just pushes back, his breath heaving. You can see his clothes slightly ripped where the uh, wolves tore at him. Um, next up, there's going to be one that's going to attack the horses, the one to the left, which is going to hit, dealing... Oh, it bites deep into the horse's uh, left rear flank. The horse winning and rearing back up as blood begins to drip from its haunches. Uh, it'll take 10 piercing damage. Um, then three wolves are going to attack Lillison. 
and using their pack tactics, right. because they are all adjacent, uh, they have advantage. First one is two natural ones. You're you're shedding me. The next one is a crit. <laughs> okay, as my reaction, uh, I'm going to cast shield. That doesn't right. stop crits. Uh, it does still hit. I know. Just uh, setting up for the future. Yep. Yep. Uh, that'll be twelve points of piercing damage as it bites uh, into her like its teeth slicing across the flesh. Oof. Okay. And then its compatriot will attack with advantage as well. Oh, and Lilith said, actually, I need you to make a strength saving throw for me. Oh, shit. That is a five. All right, Lilith, and you are knocked prone by the wolves attack. Cool. Uh, the other one to attack you rolls a 17. Okay, that would have hit, except I have shield up, so I'm good. All right, beautiful. Then that will miss. Um, in that case, uh, three wolves uh, will now be attacking Kiva. Bring it on. First attack is a 14. Misses. Second attack is a 20. Still with advantage because of pack tactics. That, that one hits. All right, you take eight points of piercing damage. And the final one is a 16 to hit. That hit. Uh, actually, Erthrandir cuts in. Not today, you mangy sack of fur. And he is going to cutting words that. All right. You have to roll for that, right? Yep. That is now a 12. All right. Beautiful. I'm assuming that misses. But I do need Kiva to make a strength saving throw. All right. Thirteen. All right, you can feel uh, the wolves clawing at you. They're wait, threatening to shove you to the ground, uh, but you draw on your strength, uh, resisting it and shoving violently back as you rebalance, pulling your scimitar forward, the wolves recoiling. Uh, one final wolf is uh, going to attack Atrian. Uh, that is a 12 to hit, which will exactly hit. Um, it latches its uh, jaws around his leg, biting. He yelps and kind of pulls back as the attack goes through. Um, Kiva, as you watch, you see um, deep gouges and bite wounds being torn into his skin along the thigh, blood dripping from its mouth and jaws as it pulls away, but Kiva, with your passive perception, as you glance aside, do you notice the flesh on Adrian's leg instantly heals without a blemish? Kiva clocks that and we'll have a stern conversation about it later. <laughs> All right, very good. Uh, <laughs> Too many things going on. Uh, of course, Erthrandir, you were crouched on the wagon next to a uh, crouching Amity. Metreon's underneath the wagon. Three wolves are around a prone uh, Lillison right now. Okay. What you doing? Seeing them start to tear into her, the glittering shield, the shield surrounding her, he jumps forward, pulling out his wand, and begins slashing a glyph into the air, the lines glittering silver as they form. And he is going to cast Shatter. Okay. The, yeah, on the two wolves that are 
right next to Lillison. Please, please, please tell me you're putting it far enough away that the barrels don't burst. Okay. Yeah, you're not getting hit, I promise. Okay. No, not me. It's the barrels. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, No, No, I am not. He is not silly. Yeah, you can can place that so that it avoids it. Uh, So roll the damage, and that's what? Two con saves? Two con saves. All right. That's a 19 and a 21. I believe both succeed. Yep, so that's half damage. So they both take five. All right, as as each of you watch from the rune that Erthrandir has carved, there is a loud, painful sound that bursts like a bolt of thunder. You watch as the wolves are flung to the ground, struggling to get up. You hear a sickening crack and crunch from their bodies as harm clearly lacerates from the force of the sound and impact. Um, that's... What is, how much damage at base? Uh, 11 at base. Alright, so half to 6. Yes. Alright, uh, they do appear to be pretty injured, uh, but they seem to have uh, escaped worse, uh, not overly worse for wear. Yep, and then uh, Aerithrandir is going to sort of move forward so that he's taking up a threat profile as well and kind of gesture his wand at the wolves. Alright, you want more of that? Come and get it. His voice is shaking slightly as he says this, but he's still trying it. All right, two of the wolves turn toward you. Their hackles raised, snarling, eyes flashing, uh, but it's no longer their turn. It is the horses' turns. Uh, each of the horses will rear up, turning, um, not having over much uh, range of motion, but one of them will strike the wolf to the north. One of them will strike the wolf to its east. Uh, let's see how they do. Combat horses. The first one uh, hits with a 20, dealing seven points of bludgeoning damage. The Heck other yeah. one hits with a 21, dealing nine points of bludgeoning damage. <laughs> you can actually see the, the second one hitting, slamming into the chest, actually collapsing some of the ribs of the second wolf that whines, whimpering weakly as it struggles to pull itself back to its feet just to keep us uh, south. Uh, it looks heavily injured. Um, the horse is still panting, whinnying, uh, looking ready to bolt as Adrian kind of reaches back. No, hush, hush. It's okay. Um, the horses are looking incredibly freaked out. You can see the whites of their eyes. Um, regardless, that is the end of their turns. Lillison, you're up. You are prone and surrounded by three wolves. The two of them seem to be focused on Aerithrandir above you. What are you doing? We should just we should just send those wolves into Castle Ravenloft. Just have them stomp Strahd. Um, <laughs> Lillison is going to... Um, sure. She's going to get up, um, put her back up against the back of the cart, uh, thrust her hand forward and send blood red acid splashing at the one to the south of her and the one to the west of her. So that's going to be two deck saves. All right. All right. Go for it. That is an 11 on the north one and a 14 on the south one. Okay, so the, uh, the wet west one, I assume. Um, the west one takes six acid damage, and the south one takes three. Uh, oh, this is the west one adjacent three. to you, and the south one adjacent to you. Correct. Yes. Gotcha. Okay, uh, very good. So the west one will take the full six, the south one will take half to three. And as you watch... The west one actually howls in agony as the bubbling blood red acid 
burns and sizzles, causing more spouts of blood to pour from its leathery fur hide until it begins slumping to the ground, bits of white bone shearing through from the point of its skull and its shoulders until it's nothing more than a small pile of miserable fur laying on the muddy earth. Or actually, sorry, no. Uh, it's a cantrip, I forgot. Uh, so yes, the south one takes no damage. Ah, oh, yes, that's correct. Sorry, used to level spells. All right, very good. Um, cool. That is, is that the end of your turn? That is the end of my turn. All right, thank you very much. Uh, with that, Adrian's turn. He will grunt, uh, turning to the wounded wolf. Oh, no, sorry, that was Elvir's turn. Yeah, so Adrian's turn. He will turn to the wounded wolf to keep us south, uh, pulling his short sword, and he will attempt to slash it in the side, aiming for the wounds where the uh, horse's hooves uh, caved in part of its torso. Uh, unfortunately, only rolling a 10, uh, appearing to be thrown a little off balance, he stumbles for a second, cursing, as the wolf behind him still uh, pushes him off the side. Uh, that is the end of his turn. Uh, Metreon, you are under the cart, uh, and there's a bit of pandemonium all around you. What are you doing? Yeah. Um, realizing that he's probably not uh, not in the best place uh, currently. And also there's like this really big rock that he's kind of under and it's really uncomfortable. Um, these things, these this foliage around, is are those trees or are they bushes? Are there any trees around here? Uh, there are some smaller trees, uh, none immediately close to the road. There are some a bit further, especially toward where Kiva is. Okay. Um, so he's going to go ahead and rush out from underneath the cart. All right. Taking a half your movement speed to stand up. So he's going to go ahead and shoot the, the wolf that's right here in front of Kiva to her south. Okay. Um, with the crossbow. Go for it. And that's going to be a 15. That will certainly hit. Roll some damage. Uh, so that's going to be 10 total. 5 piercing plus 5 sneak attack. Alright, you drive it right through the back of the neck. It lets out a muffled squeak and then drops to the ground on moving. And just as it drops to the ground, I too am going to drop to the ground and try and hide in these bushes. I'm going to go ahead and use my bonus action to hide. Alright, go for it. 25. <laughs> Very good. You rustle away into the bushes uh, and think you're feeling pretty stealthy. Literally just did a prank. All right, uh, that is... <laughs> All right, Kiva, you're up again. Uh, you've got uh, a heavily wounded horse uh, behind you. You've got Adrian to your side, uh, two wolves, and a swarm of ravens that, look, that looks like it's going to do another dive bomb. What you doing? All right, so thinking that the Storm of Ravens is going to have the wolf that's furthest away from her, uh, she's going to get the one that's just sort of to her, uh, what the fuck is that, my right? Um, and that's what she's going to attack. All right, sorry, the one to your right or the one to the upper right? The one to my right, uh, not to the upper right. Gotcha. Uh, it doesn't do anything, because that's a nine. Unfortunately, yes, it does miss. The wolf nimbly dodges aside. All right, so she's just going to keep her shield up. All right, is that your turn? Uh, yeah, that's her turn. All right, Elvir is up. He's going to take out his short sword as well. 
and turn toward the wolf to his bottom left. Snarling, get the fuck away from my horse! And he's going to try to stab it uh, right across the side. That is a 12, which unfortunately, again, just barely misses. He lets out another muffled curse as the wolf kind of pushes it its way into the air, knocking him back for a second and swiping as he's forced to dodge, uh, unfortunately not connecting. That is the end of his turn. Uh, the ravens have their go. Uh, they will dive down, one swarm toward the injured wolf uh, next to Elvir, one down to the injured wolf next to Kiva. Unfortunately, that will be a seven against the injured wolf by Elvir, which will miss. But a 13 against the one by Kiva, dealing eight piercing damage, uh, carving through that wolf. You can hear it uh, howl in pain as its uh, eyes and tongue are pecked out and bleeding uh, before it collapses upon to the ground, uh, motionless. Love the raven swooping back up into the air uh, before the wolf, remaining wolf to Kiva will uh, take an attack of opportunity. And miss with a 10. Uh, the other swarm missed. So with that, it is now Amity's turn. You are on the card. Uh, the herd of wolves, the pack of wolves has been thinned considerably, uh, but there's still danger up to the side of you. You can see that the left side horse is uh, in pretty obvious pain. There's a large gash out of its side, and one of the wolves is uh, looking hungrily as though it's going to attempt another bite. What are you going to do? Okay. Um, getting up a little bit in the cart, Amity is going to copy Erthrandir, uh, casting Shatter, such, such that it hits these two on the, uh, left here, next to Elvir. Understand? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Um, so with that, as you cast the spell, um, you can see, uh, silvery mist being to rise up from the ground before it explodes with a thunderous force. You can see the faces of screaming souls and spirits erupting in a thunderous blast of force, the air sweeping out on any side and slamming against the wolves in its path. Uh, let's see how they do. Uh, that is an 11 for the north one and a six for the bottom one. Uh, yes, that will fail. All right, how much damage? Oh man, um, sure. Wait, did the spell say? Yes, oh, 18 of them. That's a lot of damage. <laughs> Damn. That's a lot of damage. Uh, love to see Jesus. Yep. You watch as the wolves basically burst in a messy shower of gore, kind of Elvir crying out in shock and horror as he's rained by sudden popping wolves. Uh, the two of them slamming onto the ground with a terrible crunching sound uh, as those two wolves are no more. Popping wolves. And we'll take a deep breath and then sort of drop flat prone in the bottom of the wagon. Not hidden, but at least not, I guess, in the open. All right, very good. Uh, is that your turn? That was my turn. All right, uh, it is the wolves' turns. Um, one of them is going to... Uh, leap forward and it's going to attack the injured horse let's see how that's going to work out for it it does not have advantage there are no uh friends nearby 
but aiming to get its mouthful of flesh. It rolls an 18, hitting, uh, dealing seven points of piercing damage. The horse rears back, crying out as a massive bite is taken out of its shoulder. It stumbles, almost slumping to the ground, um, blood running down its side, dripping down its hooves um, as it's struggling to stay up. It has t- uh, very few hit points left. Okay. It's looking very, very close to falling. Um, all right. Erythrindir, you're up. All right. He is kind of glancing between the fucking explosion, the injured horse, and and Lelison, and decides that, yeah, no, I probably care more about her than the horse. He, drawing his wand, he mutters an incantation and is going to cast Dissonant Whispers on the bottommost one closest to Lillison. All right. So that's a wisdom save. Sounds good. That will be a six. These wolves are not rolling very well today on saving throws. All right. That is 11 psychic damage. And he has to get as far away from me as possible. All right. Uh, it will attempt to, but as you watch, it suddenly rears back from the listen. Uh, slaver and foam dripping from the corner of its mouth, its eyes wide, rolling back in its head as bits of reddish blood begin to drip from the sides of its eyes. It reaches up and howls, long, piercing, agonized, and then just simply collapses onto the ground. He takes a deep, shaken breath and then looks down at the last wolf. All right, then. Come try it. That's his turn. Uh, all right, sounds good. Next uh, up, Just to ask Dragna, yes? sorry, but these, these three wolves out here, are they just sort of standing and watching? Ah, fuck, I left out three wolves, didn't I? No, no, that was fine. Oh, no, 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 they're they're, 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 good. You're chill. Totally fine. They're just placeholders for, you know, the keeping the uh, track on the combat tracker. Teacher, did you remember to collect the homework? (laughs) Shut up! Shut up! Regardless, um, you watch as three additional wolves burst from the underbrush. We'll just situate those nice and close. We'll say they had reinforcements. All right, it's so. It's their turn. <laughs> Very fair. Um, all right, so it is now the horse's turns. Uh, one of them will move to trample the wolf that it has in its reach. Bring back the hooves. Let's see how it does. <laughs> Uh, with that crit, it rears back, uh, this, this wolf that has now had several bites taken out of it, pulls its hoof back, and smashes the wolf's skull into a pulp. Bits of gray matter going flying everywhere, the horse snorting victoriously and just kind of stepping back to notice its wounds as the wolf is reduced to, uh, not so much splatter. Um, horse still looking pretty wounded, just kind of almost collapsing, uh, after the exertion of that. Uh, Lillison, you are up as you see several other wolves approaching from the north. Uh, Kiva, you can see them as well. Um, you are still prone on the ground as one final wolf is beside you. What are you doing? Oh, I thought I got up last turn. Ah, apologies. You are no longer prone. Okay. Um, Lillison is going to look over to Erythrindir, then look at the last wolf and say, 
do you think you can take care of this one? Go. There are more coming. I got this. She nods. Uh, she nods, uh, quickly pats him on the arm, and is going to disengage and zoom on out of there. Yeah, let's stay about here. Um, she is right. going to uh, point at the wolf nearest to Kiva. How badly injured does that one look? Uh, it's looking pretty hale and hearty. Uh, most of these wolves now are not looking too uh, injured, if at all. Okay. Um, she is going to bend to the side, um, trying to avoid Kiva, and puff out a spray of noxious-looking mist. So that's going to mm, all right. This that's is going to be a one adjacent to Kiva. Correct. That is a fifteen. All right. Nothing happens. Yeesh. All right. Um, all good. Uh, with that, is that your turn? That is my turn. All right, Adrian is up. He is going to step uh, beside Kiva, and uh, she's going to step forward toward the wolves, and he's going to swipe out at the wolf uh, adjacent to Kiva. Uh, that is a twenty to hit which will hit, dealing seven points of piercing damage as he stabs it uh, right along the shoulder in the side. All right, that is the end of his turn. Metreon, you're up. You are hidden in the bushes, and from what you can hear, there are a number of several other howls that have arrived from the north, uh, and as you glance out through your hiding place, you can see Kiva and Adrian engaged with a trio of wolves that have uh, burst onto the scene as another one approaches from the north. What are you doing? Uh... I, I'm not going to say that he. There's a little bit of a wetness in his pants, but there might be. Um, but uh, he is going to sneak out of uh, hiding, and he's going to go ahead and shoot the the wolf that is behind Kiva to her to the east. Uh, all right, go for it. Uh, from here, yeah, you can hit that. And, and I believe uh, you do have an advantage because you are I rolling. Do, yes, not surprised. Twenty-one. Will certainly hit. So that's ugh, uh, uh, three piercing damage and three sneak attack. All right, very good. That'll be six total. And uh, yeah, as soon as I pop out, I'm popping back in. Oh fuck me! Uh, <laughs> the natural one on still. All right, as you Seven pop total. back in, one of the wolves like, gl- like, sw- like, kind of swivels its head toward you. Its gaze locking on you. Uh, as it sees you rustling in the brush, it tackles race. It begins to stalk toward you. Um, okay, is that your turn? Yes. Well, yeah. I'm ending my turn with Metreon uh, repeatedly saying shit to himself. All right, Kiva, you're up. Uh, there are only a few wolves remaining. Three ahead of you. Uh, four ahead of you. Sorry. Uh, the ones next to you and Adrian seem to be pr- uh, pretty wounded. Uh, there's a fresh one uh, to the east of you uh, that appears to be stalking south toward where Metreon just went. Uh, what are you doing? All right, so Kiva's going to try to hit that one next to her again, hopefully. All right, go for it. Ah, motherfucker. Okay, that's a 10. Um, So then... You know. Yeah, so then... Mother trucker. Okay, she... 
this is a stupid idea, but she's going to notice that that one is going towards Metreon and she's going to um, back up, take the opportunity attack and sort of uh, position herself there so that it has to go through her first. All right. Uh, that'll be a 23 on the opportunity attack. Oof. Yeah, that hits. Oof. That will deal seven points of piercing damage. Okay, not bad. All right. Is that the end of your turn? Yes. All right, very good. In that case, Elvir is up. He will uh, swap to his crossbow again, load a new bolt, um, and he will take aim and fire at the one adjacent to Erthrandir on the southern side. With an 18, uh, dealing unfortunately three points of piercing damage, the wolf uh, winds a, a crossbow bolt now sprouting from its shoulder as it banks off for a second, losing its balance, giving Erethrandir a chance to scramble clear of its jaws. Uh, that is the end of Elvir's turn. The ravens have their go, as they will swoop down um, one onto the wounded wolf by Adrian, one onto the wounded wolf by Erethrandir each attacking with their beaks and claws. That is a 14 to hit on the south one, dealing seven points of damage. Erethrandir, uh, you watch as the ravens ravage this uh, wounded wolf, tearing it to pieces. It dies howling before several beaks puncture holes in its throat, and it can, never, it can no longer sustain the sound before collapsing. Oh my god. The ravens, their black beaks now painted red, swoop back up to the sky. Next to Adrian, the ravens will swoop down on the wolf uh, near him and Lewison, uh, and they will attack as well. That is a 14 to hit, dealing four points of piercing damage. Unfortunately, not quite killing it, but you can see that the wolf is barely hanging on. One of its eyes closed, the other one bleeding down, um, several uh, wounds along its sides. It's looking uh, very hurt. Uh, and the ravens will actually stay in place, forming like a, almost like a cloud as they swirl around this wolf and Adrian, forming almost a protective barrier. Uh, that is the end of the Raven's turns. Uh, Amity, you're up. All right. Amity is just going to take the friggin' hide action. Just warming herself between these barrels, playing completely optimally. <laughs> All right. Uh, this will again be with disadvantage. Ah, uh, true. That's fine. That's fine. I'm really good at rolling. Five. Fantastic. Beautiful. Uh, you kind of like scurry down, but like your horns are pretty obviously poking up over the side. <laughs> Metron has not <laughs> used the Bardic Inspiration yet, right? I have not. Okay, and that's all for my turn. Enjoy. All right, it is the wolves' turns. Let's see, they will, one of them will run toward the horse, uh, and another one will move toward uh, Metron, but as Kiva steps into intercept, will glare toward her. Um, one of them will attack the ravens, uh, and one of them will step around uh, Adrian to attack the horse behind him. So, uh, first off, uh, against Kiva, that's a 15 to hit. Misses. All right, uh, next up against the ravens, uh, this wolf will attack. Uh, that is a 13, which does hit, dealing seven have. You watch as several ravens cry out as the as they fall to the ground, lifeless and torn to shreds by the wolves' slavering teeth. Uh, and the uh, two other remaining wolves will both attack the left turn left side horse. Eesh. 
That's a 22 to hit, dealing five points of piercing damage. As the wolf lashes up and tears out the horse's throat, its eyes rolling back, going white, before it collapses onto the ground. Elvir crying out in rage and horror um, as the other one dives down and makes another bite attack. Uh, not resisted, but just to tear at a massive chunk of flesh from the side that it then devours gleefully. I don't like these wolves. Yeah, no, not uh, a fan. The wolves by uh, Adrian and Elvir will then retreat, bounding back uh, behind uh, these crawling, crumbling bits of landscape. Uh, Adrian, Elvir cannot make an opportunity attack. Adrian can with his short sword. With a 21 dealing three piercing damage, but not quite enough, unfortunately. All right. Uh, with that, Erthrandir, you're up. With one of the horses fallen, um, but only two wolves actively on the scene. What are you doing? He's going to look a bit mystified at the, at the wolves just running away, but besides there are other concerns, he's going to vault off the wagon and kind of running over to keep running over to Lillison as he passes he mutters a word and healing and cast healing word on her okay and she heals for five and then she uh, nods uh, grateful thanks through grimace yeah still hurts and then holding his wand he's going to shoot a blast of fire at the one next at the wolf next to the remaining ravens uh, okay, go for it. Okay, that's a 15 to hit. All right, uh, that will hit. And nine fire damage. Wolf burns up as it howls, shrieking, its fur burning up with this terrible, acrid scent before finally collapsing five feet into the underbrush, a scent of smoke rising from its burned, cauterized wounds. Okay. He's then going to position himself so that the remaining horse, he's blocking off the remaining horse. Hey, y'all, if they get this last one, we're not getting this home. And that's his turn. All right. Uh, the horse has nothing to attack, so it will take the dodge action. Uh, Lillison, you're up. Lillison is going to glance over to the downed horse. Does it look like it's on death saves? It, its throat is gone. It's it's got a big chunk taken out of its chest. It is it is it is it is a dead horse. It is an ex horse. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Um, in that case, <laughs> in that case, uh, she is actually going to uh, rubbing at the spots where uh, she had been freely bleeding and now are healed up. Um, she's going to run up, flipping her dagger out of its sheath as she does. And um, try to take a stab at this wolf. All right, roll for it. 19 to hit. That certainly hits. All right, that's going to be uh, five piercing plus uh, four. I get sneak attack, right? Because Kiva's there? Yes, you do. Ah. Whoa, 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 whoa. You slice it right alongside the eye as it cries out, uh, snarling in pain. Uh, it's looking very hurt. All right. Um, Is that your turn? She's going to. Uh, she's going to move a little bit further. All right. And then uh, shout back at Metreon. Um, Take a shot. And that's my turn. 
All right. Uh, with that, it's Adrian's turn. He's going to uh, let's see. He's going to step to the side and try to take one shot against the fleeing wolves, who do now have three quarters cover because of the uh, landscape they're hiding behind. Uh, unfortunately, that is only a nine to hit, which does miss. He, uh, struggling to reload. Uh, that is the end of his turn. Uh, Metron, you're up. Uh, There's one wolf left, and pretty banged up. Yeah, well, so Metron has heard two different things. He's heard uh, he's heard Erthendir, uh mention the wolves that are fleeing and uh, thinking that they might still be a threat if they continue uh, to exist. He's actually going to try and fire one of them. The fleeing wolves? Uh, they do have three quarters cover, and are they within your range of your crossbow? Yeah, I've got uh, it's, it's thirty to one twenty. Okay, so you will be rolling with disadvantage and a minus five. Uh, no, it's not. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll just shoot the. I'll bonus action hide. Uh, I'll do myself a, a favor by hiding a little bit better first. Okay. Uh, Seventeen. Okay. And uh, then yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and shoot the. Uh, the wolf that's in between Lillison and Kiva. All right, go for it. Ooh, natural 20. Woo-hoo! All right, awesome nice. damage. Uh, so that's, um, uh, math is hard. Uh, 12. All right. Points of piercing damage and four sneak attack. Okay, how do you want to do this? Uh, so panicking, uh, uh, he kind of retreats back into the bushes a bit more, um, trying to center himself. Uh, hearing Randy, uh, he kind of pokes his head out, sees the wolves that are too far away, and says, fuck it, and sees Kiva and Lillison engaged in combat with this other one. It just instinctively shoots, the arrow zips through, and uh, goes through the eye that Lillison has already cut open. And there's a bit of explosion. All right, and with that, the wolf falls painfully on the ground. Uh unmoving uh, slump of fur. As the other wolves slink off, bounding away into the woods, Adrian exhales, spitting another curse word as Elvir rushes to the side of the corpse of the horse on the ground. The ravens cawing as the scene quiets. Do we get him? I think so. I mean, not not in time, but we got most of them. Metran's going to step out of the bushes and go back to uh, the cart and check on uh, to check on Amity and Truffle. Yeah, Amity, uh, as, as the action is uh, died down, Amity and Truffle poke their heads out from beneath the barrels. Although I guess you could already see the horns. Yeah, I'd say that uh, Metreon uh, kind of taps the the tip of your horn. <laughs> we we did it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Metreon looks over the cart, uh, the edge of the cart, or around the cart rather, and sees the mangled corpse of the horse, and turns back to. Uh, to Amity, uh, maybe just uh, you know, uh, keep a low profile right now. Uh, got a bit of a mess out there. Amity nods in understanding and just sort of slides like Jello 
back down into the wagon. Earthen Deer jumps off and walks over to Kiva to Blech. Kiva Nelson. Hey, are you two alright? You were right up front. I feel fine. Okay, good, good. Uh, Adrian, Elvier, y'all are, wow, you're not even scratched. Yeah, Kiva uh, is going to look over at Adrian and sort of shake her head to the side, like, can we talk for a minute? Uh, you can see that Adrian is kind of like, uh, kind of like crouching over his brother's side. Uh, Elvier is like, knees on the ground, kind of cradling the horse's head in his hands. God fucking damn it. Uh, Adrian just kind of closing his eyes and then he glances at Yukiva. Um, he just kind of gives his head a uh, small shake as if to indicate uh, not right now. Um, though you can see there's a bit of a glint of expectation in his eyes. Um, you can hear Elvira kind of like as he cradles the horse's head in his hands, uh, the blood kind of running down over his fingers as he kind of carefully holds it. Damn it. And Adrian kind of just kind of remembers. She fought well. She, she, she did what she could. And Elvira just kind of grunts. Yeah, not fucking good enough. Just kind of gently lays the horse's head down into the ground. Kind of places a hand on the on the mane. As Adrian kind of turns to surveil the rest of you. Are you all right? Yes, we'll be fine. Um, is there... I'm so sorry about your horse. Um, will we... Will we still be able to go on down the road? Adrian winces. Well, if... It won't be easy. Um, it would be quite slow if Rose were the only one pulling. If any of you have a rope, we could perhaps tie that around the empty harness and try to pull it ourselves. I can help pull whatever I can if we have a rope. Erythrindir rummages in his pack and procures the grappling hook, which he frantically unties. Here, we have this should hold. It's gonna be a pain, though. Kiva, like, Probably. loops one end around her waist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you sure? We, we could, like, have a group making up for the power of a single horse. That seems a lot to take on at once. Yes, we can push from yeah. behind as well. Whatever helps. Alrighty. Right, yeah, that's a better idea. Oh, he looks over to the sort of eviscerated remains of the wolves hit by the shatter and winces. Do y'all often get attacks when you're traveling, like making deliveries and such? Or is this uncommon? Adrian kind of looks uh, grimly toward you. It's not unheard of, um, but very rarely do we get packs this size. Um, usually well-armed travelers can keep them away, but it's it's getting harder and harder. Last uh, shipment that I heard we made to Velaki, there's been increasing troubles with wolves, so I suppose I shouldn't be surprised, really. But do we... anyways, uh, yes, uh, so Mr. Uh, Mr. Metrion. I was just gonna say, do we want a, do we want to burn this, or do we want to leave it there? If, you know, as a, as a later buffet for these wolves. You see, like Elvira just kind of like standing up, simmering, like kind of 
forcefully shoving the hair back out of his eyes. If we leave her out here, the fucking pack will be back. Those two wolves are bringing more on the elite well tonight. If we bury her, they'll just dig her back up again. I say we leave them nothing. Yeah, but uh, maybe we leave them this so they don't come after and uh, Metran points to the other horse. Sorry, what? But look, it's not doing us any good just being dead there. You know, we don't want the other one getting getting eaten. Sunflower was a damn good horse, and you think I'm going to let her carcass get eaten by these damned... Besides, we don't want all of the wolf pack to be right here on the road when the Mardukovs come back on their way through. That's a fair point, I suppose. And I'm sorry, I don't mean no res- disrespect to, to Miss Sunflower. I'm sure she was a great steed. I mean, she, I saw her kicking ass out there like no one's business. We, we don't want to train the wolves so they can get food this way. I have an idea. It was that. Lillison is going to walk up to the horse, um, give an apologetic look to the Martikovs, and then bend down and place her hands on its flank and start putting as much poison as she can into it. Oh. <laughs> this is through Make that bitch a Trojan horse. This is poison spray. All right. Uh, it's 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 an odd look. You can see bits of like kind of greenish uh, spray kind of congealing out of the wounds. And the first time you do it, Elvar kind of jolts forward. What are you? And then he sees what you're doing, and he kind of like his eyes go wide, and he just kind of grimaces and looks away. I I suppose. It's not like she's around to complain about it. And Adrian just kind of puts a hand on his shoulder. I suppose that's not a bad way of going about things. Uh, Mr. Lillison, you've got an interesting array of, uh, of specialities. All of you do. It's, it's, it's a bit uh, intimidating, really. I'm, I'm glad that you were here to uh, help make sure that we didn't lose two horses today, and perhaps more. Yeah, well, this is what we do, right? Better or worse? It appears so now. Uh, Lillison bends her head um, as she finishes up and then pats the horse's flank again and just says very softly, Take a few of them more. Uh, take a few more of them out on your way. Adrian just nods. Had uh, someone gave him a rope, correct? Yep. All right, with that, uh, he kind of carefully begins shepherding the remaining horse uh, away from the uh, uh, now slightly greenish body of the fallen sunflower. Uh, moving the cart forward as it kind of rumbles a bit over some of the pebbles and mud in the road, uh, the dried earth, um, and just kind of very carefully uh, tying the rope around the remaining side of the wooden harness, kind of pulling it taut on both sides and forming a, a knot at the end. Kind of nods in satisfaction. Right, well, it won't be easy or pleasant work, but two or three of us should be able to pull alongside. Uh, it'll be a bit slower than per usual, but we should be able to make it there. Yeah, you got this, right? Uh, Lil and uh, Randy, right? Yeah. Metreon, I am a walking twig. Please help me push this thing. Yeah, but you know, I'm all legs, right? Oh, fine, fine. 
he gives a he gives him like a look that could cut through steel and kind of motions like get over here. I feel a little bit pathetic just letting you all push me. At least let me heal some of the wolf bites. That's a good trade off, Dad. Who 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 needs healing? Who's been uh, you, Lil, Kiva? Wilson looks over towards Kiva. I'm about down to half, but I'm feeling okay. Strong enough to pull, at least. Maybe we save all of our energy in case we get attacked again. Uh, Elvia, Davian? Uh, Adrian, uh, kind of like move alongside the rope. It looks like they're about getting ready to help uh, Kiva as well. Though Elvia's kind of like keeping an eye on the uh, remaining horse. Kiva looks at Adrian and goes, you're fine, aren't you? Well, uh, I seem to have escaped uh, the worst of it. Uh, lucky, I suppose. Hmm. Wilson looks over towards Amity and uh, says, Well, after Erthrandir helped me, I feel much better, but um, I think it's it's still the case that if anything hits me, I drop pretty quickly, so if you wouldn't mind... Sure, just come up here. Amity um, opens her arms, preparing to cast Cure Wounds. Okay, Lillison will step close. Alright, um, Amity wraps her arms around you just a little bit, not not like a full hug. I mean, you are Lillison. You heal a, a, a miserable, absolutely pathetic four hit points. <laughs> Which is still a good chunk of my health, so, um... <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, what, back at full health now? It, it didn't uh, fully close the gash. Do you want another one? I'm... Uh... Lillison is, like, a little bit stiff uh, in Amity's arms, um, but she relaxes a little bit and says, uh, No, um, that was plenty. Thank you. I... I do fear that we might find worse down this road. Thank you. <sighs> All right, though, I would expect if we would find worse down the road, you'd want to be, I guess, a little bit more patched up for it. Uh, yes, but I'm not the only one to worry about, she says, looking back to Kiva again. Not gonna work, Lillison. She's got that little, little weird little green shield thing that she does anyway. Let's just let's get let's get cracking, yeah. And uh, Metron will get at the back of the cart where Amity, I, I presume, is sitting now, and uh, he'll prepare to start pushing it from behind. All right. Adrian finishes uh, tying off the rope and uh, readying everything as Elvir uh, takes up position beside it, uh, kind of using some of the rope to also secure part of the uh, the remaining horse's harness to the other side. Just kind of nodding back as Adrian says, All right, is everyone ready to start back on the road? Yeah, let's move. All right, let's hope we don't have any other untoward encounters. He kind of nods grim uh, uh, grimly and turns back toward the trail ahead as he begins guiding the horse and pulling the wagon eastward. Well, now he's jinxed it. Yeah, as a. Uh... A few moments after everyone starts to pull the wagon and Metreon is pushing, uh, Metreon relaxes and just walks behind the, the cart. 
Swanson gives him a dirty look and steps up to take his place. <laughs> oh, I was just taking a break. I was just taking a break. Yes, of course. Let me know when your break is over. We'll do, we'll do. Alright. Without the second horse you're going, is a bit slower. Um, you travel eastward perhaps uh, 15, 15 minutes or so before passing a trail that winds south toward the mountains. A few minutes later, you pass a northern trail that meanders northward into the woods. The road here is uh, dried, the recent mud having cooled in. The earth still a bit soft and loamy after the previous day's rainstorm. And you can see uh, where it wasn't there before, carving into the uh, drying, cloying mud, a deep wagon track that is carved through the mud that bends from the eastern trail and turns out of sight onto the northern trail before vanishing into the woods. Uh, DM, is that recognizably the way to the camp that uh, Salzar and his brother pointed out? Uh, which camp? The, the Vistani camp. camp. Uh, not that you re recall, no. From what they said, it was the camp was pretty close to Velaki. Uh, as far as you can tell, you're uh, a few hours away. And this might be another stretch, but does it look like the wagon wheel trails that would be left by the black carriage? Uh, make an investigation check. That is a three. She has no idea. Just <laughs> It's tough to tell. It's their old tracks. They've kind of dried over, kind of collapsed in some places. Um... Adrian just kind of notices you looking at them. Um, shrugs and turns back to the road ahead. All right, Kiva's just going to keep, you know, keep pulling, but uh, keep a closer eye for any other travelers. All right. Proceeding eastward beyond the uh, wagon wheel trail, soon leaving it behind in your wake, you travel another... Uh, 30, 40 minutes before passing another ashen gray trail that leads southward through the woods, vanishing into the mist. You continue on the Svalich road, passing that trail by before after uh, 90 minutes or so after departing the Raven River Crossroad, you arrive at the familiar site of the Luna River Crossroad. Before you can see a trail winding off to the north and an old uh, soggy road meandering out to the south uh, with the signpost directs to the ruins of the Berez. Um, ahead of you, you see the signpost pointing toward Velaki, and you can see a bridge running over a silvery blue river that winds its way from north to south. You watch as Adrian just kind of says aloud, mostly to himself, uh, Right, we're getting pretty close now. It shouldn't be longer than another half hour or so. He glances up at the sky, and it's still just kind of a pale gray. Um, things will be making it there before noon. Decent time, all things considered. Will you be all right on the way back? Well, it should be easy without the barrels uh, taking up the weight. I'm sure Rose can carry the wagon herself. Well, like I have to stay in town a night or so for some re-rigging and to see if we can... Well... He kind of glances at Elvir and kind of lowers, pitches his voice lower. See what we can do about uh, a missing horse, but... Then again, if we don't have any shipments to make in the near future, perhaps uh, kind of winces, cringing a bit. Perhaps we'll be able to get by until then. He shrugs and resumes pulling. 
You travel forward along the uh, earthy road for another 20, 25 minutes or so before you can see uh, the silhouettes of uh, slouching dark structures come into view. Several abandoned cottages lining the road, as you can see in the distance uh, beyond the uh, thick fog that has begun to descend over the land, the mist swirling around the edges of the woods. You can just faintly see the gates of Velaki a few hundred yards away. And as you pass through the uh, cottages on your way along the road, Lolisid and Kiva, you see movement flickering in one of the dark windows of the abandoned cottages. But then ducks out of sight. before, But not before you can just barely see a face looking at you. Is the face recognizable to either of us? Make a perception check. Seven. Twenty. Lillison, you do not catch it in time. Um, but Kiva, you recognize it immediately. It is, you recognize it immediately as Ismark Kolyanovich. A moment later, you can just faintly hear footsteps and the sound of creaking wood coming from the doorway of the cottage. And as your eyes meet, you can see Ismark stepping forth from the doorway. What on earth are you doing out here? He, all of you turn to see who Kiva is addressing. And as you do, uh, Ismark paces forward. Uh, you can see that he appears to be in far from good health. He appears to be nursing one of his shoulders, um, a long uh, slash carved across, uh, going just barely avoiding the bottom of his neck and going down across part of his chest. Uh, you can see um, long, what appear to be bite marks across his uh, right arm, uh, where he holds his uh, longsword in his left hand, wielding a uh, short sword that glints with a strange silvery light gray illumination of the Barovian morning. And as you look to meet his eyes, you can see as he grows closer to the, uh, through the mist of the dreary Barovian morning, his face is different. And as you glance with some small amount of horror upon his left cheek and ear, a deep, angry red burn that runs the length from his ear to just beneath his eye, down past his chin. He offers a small wave Good morning. I was wondering when you might get here. The fuck happened what to you? What happened? It's been a long night. Um, do you mind getting off the road for a second? Yes, yes, Wait, of course. Yeah, get over here, please. Is Irina safe? Once is... I don't know. I don't think so. What do you, what do you mean what do you mean you don't know? I mean look It's I don't it's know what, where he took her. It's just it's just happened so fast. Okay, how is this? Earthwinder holds up a hand to Kiva. Heal. And he is going to cast healing word on him. His mark stiffens with obvious pain. His eyes going wide as you hear an audible creaking uh, from his bones and muscles being to weave together across the wicked slash in his side. Um, he exhales strongly, uh, his shoulders 
slumping as the magic runs its course through gritted teeth. Right. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Just take your time. What happened? Right here. He glances toward the gates where you can just faintly see, uh, still through the mist, not clearly visible, but just faint silhouettes behind the palisade wall. Please, it might be safer if we discuss this off the main road. Any kind of gestures toward the cottage where he came from. Uh, all right. Barthmandir will kind of take his shoulder and help him if he needs it, but he'll head towards there. Wilson's going to stop for a moment and uh, just squint at Ismark and see if there's anything that seems off about him. Um, I would like to make an insight check. You certainly may. Roll it. I would like to, too. I'm not that feeling confident is, in this. Yeah, that is a 16. All right, Metro on you as well. 18. 18. Uh, the both of you uh, kind of see this like haunted look at his eyes. He doesn't seem off there's not really a slur to his speech his eyes seem dark but genuinely fearful um con concerned uh not a not a kind of a personal terror but just kind of a dread to his voice um but you detect nothing but uh as far as you can tell sincere intent from him you can see that as he glances back toward the gates of alaki kind of licking his lips he seems sincerely concerned about whatever lies beyond taking that moment to to kind of uh, see if I feel like he's telling the truth. When I feel like he is, I'll immediately rush up and scoop him up underneath the other side, uh, where I assume Randy is on the other side of him. Um, yeah. The opposite side, rather. Um, and uh, I'll look up at him, just kind of like carefully holding him up. You gotta tell us what happened, man. He kind of grunts uh, and then wheezes softly in pain as you kind of press your hand up against his side. Oh, thank you. Um, I, I will, I, I promise. Um, I, I, I can I can make it them all right myself. Thank you. And he kind of just fails. He kind of protests, but does not really refuse your support as you assist him back toward the cottage from whence he came. Um, as you pass through the opening, uh, you can clearly see that the uh, walls of the, uh, the 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 frame around the door and the ground uh, and the earth and bits of the wooden floor that kind of poke up in the interior of the cottage around the entryway are all splattered with massive bloodstains, many of them still damp or only beginning to dry, some of them kind of dribbling off into small puddles. Um, uh, Kiva, as, you, as you're kind of making your way through, you can kind of see what seems to be a small, uh, you know, palm-sized kind of grayish uh, canine paw severed at the wrist, lying on the earth just to the side of the uh, window where Ismark first saw you. Kiva's going to kick it to the side. Oh, God. This Mark uh, winces and grunts as you help him inside and just kind of gratefully uh, kind of removes himself from your support as he steps back. You can see the interior of the cottage is uh, dank and decrepit. The wooden floorboards that once sat here that have now rotted, exposing large puddles of moisture, bits of moss and lichen that have grown up around the walls. You can see a small patch of mushrooms growing in one corner. Um, the roof creaking, clearly not uh, water-worthy as bits of uh, moisture drip down to the floor and running down in small rivulets to the puddle. As Mark nodding and kind of like readjusting his uh, splint armor to uh, cover the point uh, along the slash that has now been healed. Right. 
so um it's good it's good to see you back um i'm glad that you all seem to have um, returned safely um get out get the pleasantries out of the way what happened right i'm okay uh, wait to start um so fuck the fucking so there was a a festival yesterday um I believe that you knew about it. Um, I wasn't sure if we should go, but um, Irina, she was a bit concerned, I, I suppose understandably. Um, she thought that it was clear that we might have issues, you see, if we didn't go uh, with uh, the the law. So uh, I agreed uh, in respect against my better nature to accompany her there. Uh, we thought it best to, best to make an appearance, at, at least among the crowd. Um, the festival itself was uneventful. There was a bit of a hubbub at one point. Um, uh, it seems that the Baron did not take well to uh, certain parts of it, did not go as planned, I surmise. Um, but at some point, everything went insane for back of a little word. Um, there were shouts of a beast in the streets. Uh, the townsfolk uh, began to scream and flee. Uh, we did our best to make our way to the crowds, but that was when we saw him. Big man, bald and an ax at his side. Um, and as he moved toward us, I tried to get Irina away. I saw that his hand, it was unnatural, like like a devil's or a demon's. We tried to flee, but he cornered us, and he kind of winces and kind of raises a, a trembling hand to the burn mark at the side of his face. I tried to protect her. I wasn't fucking strong enough. And he kind of like slashes against the side of the, sh of the uh, shack with his longsword embedding it in the wood, cringing at the splintering sound and just kind of standing there for a second. <sighs> he said he was fucking waiting for her. Vetron gives Randy a look. You sound familiar, yeah? He nods. Yeah, uh, the guy in the square. What the Baron's dog, whoever he was. The Martikovs mentioned him. Lady Walker, too. Yeah, said his name was Isaac. The At hell least it wasn't him. The hell would he want so with her, though? I don't. I don't fucking know. All I know is. He slammed me in the side of the head and I woke up outside the gates. No gear, no weapons, no armor, just in the dirt. So we have to go get her. Where 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 would she be? At the Burgomaster's mansion? I mean I, I don't presume so. I mean, we don't know where this is it guy lives. Or is there a jail here? Presumably if that was like a I don't know. I just know that whatever guards were in there, they I, I was told that they'd thrown me outside as a dissident. 
Well, even if she isn't at the man, at the burgomaster's mansion, this man is directly associated with him. So maybe we go to him and see what's going on. Wait, wait, oh, wait slow he, down. Wait, wait. He he might be working with the vampire. Even so, we get her back. Yeah, but we take the time to plan this out. We don't just storm over there. I agree. And she also looks over at the uh, swords that um, Ismark seems to have acquired. If they took all your things... He nods. All right. <laughs> it's honestly a bit funny. He goes with the short sword, and as you look, it is very clearly uh, and covered in a silvery coating that glints in the gray light. This one is, seems to be a bit of an upgrade from my last one. You see, when I woke up, I was not alone. It seems that, well, you remember the, the carnival man, yes? Yes. The, the said storyteller? He, yes, Rictavio, I think was his name. He, he said he had pulled me away from the gates. I woke up against uh, this cottage here. Uh, he told me uh, that the guards had disarmed me and that they had thrown me outside. Apparently, he overheard some conversations, expecting that I would die out here. Um, I had no weapons, I had no armor, so I asked if he would stay. He said he would not, but I managed to convince him to give me this. Though where he acquired it, I have not the slightest idea. And he holds up the silver and short sword. Um, as for the rest of it, that was stranger still. I had only this, not even armor for it. Most of the night I managed to hide from something in the woods. I didn't know what it was, but it, it babbled like a madman and crackled like a splintering fire. And then when the moon was high, there was... I don't know what it was, but I just barely dozed off before I heard the sound of wings. And when I woke uh, in the moonlight, I saw that there was a... that my weapons and my armor had been left for me on the floor of the cottage. They were wrapped in a black cloak. So, well, I did what I could to arm myself, uh, make sure I was prepared, and... I don't know who returned them to me, but I'm very grateful. Uh, the wolves um, came back twice that night. Once a few hours later and once in the morning. If they had, if whoever had not re if whoever returned my weapons and armor had not done so, I suspect that you would not have found me alive here this morning. Ismark, you've... Uh, you've been through so much. I... I am sorry that we were not with you. No, it is it is not your fault. It was my responsibility. You had... You've already done so much for my family. But... I appreciate it. At this point, all I know is that what I need to do is... I need to find a way back in there. I need to get my sister out of that 
fucking bastard's hands, and I don't know where we're going to go, but we need to get out of here. Yeah, let me yeah, let me maybe uh, help you out with that a little bit. We can, you know, maybe paint you up a bit. You know, mess you up uh, some kind of way, make you look a little bit different. You know, darken your hair like mine. You know. Yeah, actually, odd question is Mark, but do you mind if I see that sword for a minute? I, not a problem. Of course, and he uh, hands you the short sword. You can see that his original short sword seems to be buckled by his side, but he here yeah. he hands you the the new and third blade for inspection. Think he's going say- to take. Go ahead. No, you can go ahead. This is an RP thing, not yes. this. No, no, I, I want to hear the RP thing. She was just going to say that we could think that, or we could say that he's one of the Martikovs accompanying us on the journey. It's not a hard sell. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you, he's with wine, you know. Yeah. Just don't say anything. It'll work fine. But yeah, Deer is going to lay the sword on the floor and then put his short sword that he had made in Velaki next to it and kind of comparing the two can he see if the craftsmanship on the silvered short sword looks like it was made somewhere else like say out of Barovia make a history check for me uh, ooh, while you're doing ooh, that make a history <laughs> check you said Dragna has been waiting all his life for this um <laughs> 15. 15. Um, the silvered short sword is very much, as far as you can tell, it does not seem at all of similar make to the short sword you had forged in Velaki. It is of a finer, more elegant make. Um, you can see um, uh, it of simple simple design, but some slight uh, 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 bits of raised gilding along the sides of the hilt. Um, uh, it was very, it seems that as far as you can tell, it was made by an, a far more expert craftsman than the uh, individual who forged yours. But not like a ceremonial blade. This is clearly... No, this is this is meant for... This is meant for fighting. Okay. Erythrodeer returns the sword to Ives Mark and gives a little bit of a grin. Well, seems our good friend Rictavio is in fact from somewhere else. And somewhere with money to boot, you don't get a weapon that good and that well-made without some serious cash. Where did Just he go? Blinks. Um, I, he said that he was traveling west for whatever reason. He said that uh, Willocky was not a good place for his show anymore. He said that he was looking to get new inspiration. He didn't give more than that. After a festival like that, I wouldn't want to stay there either. Wait, maybe that was the wagon tracks I saw. You Good saw shout. wagon tracks? Well, uh, I did, but I couldn't figure out what they were, and Adrian didn't seem concerned by them, but that makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, I think that we we should consider following him or, or going to Kresik, the, the other town. If I mean, if, if Valaki's like this... Wait, you said there was a beast in the streets? He nods. From what I heard, it was... Uh, they said it was a, a, a cat or a tiger or a lion, and I, I've i never seen anything outside of a storybook, but it seemed to be quite a large and threatening creature. Wait, did you say a lion? Uh, I, I mean, I suppose I, I'm not really sure what... 
to expect if I were to see one, but there were there was a lot of talk around town. Um, a lot of the townsfolk seemed to be confused about what it was as they were trying to flee it. I <laughs> just conjecture, but I did hear a lion in that Rictavio's own wagon the other day. So it seems like Rictavio is definitely someone that we want to be friends with. Apparently so. He. But what? But wait. Did he? Did he just set his lion on the town? I don't know. Um, but I could swear that I heard something snarls from the wagon when I saw him leaving. Well, I mean, then if uh, if there were, if he set some big cat on cat on everything, it's did did this Isaac fellow did he? Did he use this opportunity to snatch Arena, or were they working together? Rictavio saw her in the tavern, though. If there was a chance, if this was part of a plan to get Irina, he would have given it to her much earlier, I think. Okay, but then what's what's the, what's the point of of, of releasing a lion in public like that? Uh, distraction. Distraction for what? Though? To? Maybe he didn't mean to release it. Okay. Even more concerning. Well, for all we know, someone else could have disappeared as well. Okay, all this is a good thought, but I think we have a secondary thing. Irina. We need to figure out what we're doing there. Well, let's Long- first maybe get back into the city then, yeah? Before we do, yes. I'd like a plan. No. We, we want to go to any other city. We're getting Irina first. That's out of... Uh, nothing else is part of the plan. I think that anything we do, we should at least first make sure this wine is delivered to the Martikovs, and then, when they are very grateful to us, perhaps we can get more information from Erwin and Danica. Yes, I agree. And, and not to mention, Amity, it's almost sundown. We can't go out tonight. Isn't it uh, as a clarification, it is actually, it's around noon. Oh, well, hell. Well, uh, the this, this sentiment remains. Uh, everybody, uh, we, I mean, we, if we start traveling now, we try to get all the way to Kresk, uh, you know, what Lord knows that sun can go down and we're fucked. <sighs> I, okay, I guess you're right. Tonight, Vlaki is going to be the safest place. Yeah. But after that, I'm, I'm with Amity here. I think as nice it might be to have free room and board at the Blue Water, whatever happens today, we've got to go. I don't think we can be here. There's... Ideally, we can break in, get her out without anone being ever the wiser, but... First, got to find out where she is, then, if that's the case. Yep. Might be a, might be a jail or... Is, is Mark would have seen if she were in the stocks, probably. But... Listen, I don't know. I, not, I, know. Not have, I, I did not see her even get taken. That's the okay. fucking worst of it. I'm sorry. Well, in that case... It's not your fault. Metreon uh, kind of pulls... Not... Uh, oh, go on. Yeah, go ahead. I know, I was going to say, Metreon kind of pulls... Uh, excuse us for a moment, and kind of uh, ushers for everybody to kind of come to the side, uh, away from... Uh, away from Ismark. Listen, I know it's not a popular idea, but uh, that lady Fiona. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, maybe she's... 
Maybe she's got a way in for us. Maybe she can help us out with this, you know? If, if this is what you want to do, and he looks at uh, Kiva directly, if this is what you're set on doing, if you want to help him out and want to help her out, you know, better have someone who's, who's maybe got a little bit more power than we do, a little bit more understanding of this place than look, we do. Look, I'll say right off the bat, and she's going to look at Amity and Dear. I understand if you don't want to go get her. I could do this on my own. I'm, I'm going to make sure that she's okay. But... I do think that Fiona is the best course of action. She did mention that she wasn't happy with Vargas and she wanted Isaac out of the way. She might have some information on how to do that or at least tricks that we can do to to take him down. And even more than that, maybe she could just make sure that we're safe. She's also a wannabe tyrant and thrall to a vampire. I understand your point, but this is... If we get in with her thoroughly then I don't think it's going to matter what happens to us or Irene or how all that goes because who says we're getting in we just need her help for one night y'all said yourself we're leaving after anyway these people these kind of people don't just let you go you're not gonna we're not if we that's why we let her think we're getting in well with her we use whatever resources she can give us, and then we just disappear. Uh, it, you'll forgive me if I've had my fill of working for wannabe tyrants, if you don't mind. But, like, you don't have she's... To. Yes, like I do. Like I said, because... I'll do it by myself. And you will die, Kiva, which is why we're not letting you do it by yourself. We are not working for her. We are merely doing one action where our aims coincide, letting her believe that we are working for her and then leaving before any consequences can fall upon our shoulders. Erythrindir kind of looks between everyone. Fine. But... What happens to this town after she gets what she wants? We're not going to. Well, I hope you're ready. For it. We're it not going does. to deliver what she wants in entirety. Yeah, like like you said, we do what we need to do, and we get out of here. It's, you know, it, we use it to our own ends. If that's what we did, I want to do. You know, I'm 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 going to be democratic about this. I'm not thrilled with any part of the plan currently, but. Amity? I... It just seems like it's... Okay. This is going to be hard to say exactly. It's, it, on the one hand, I know how much you care about her, Kiva. And on the other hand, it feels like it, it, it shouldn't be our responsibility to do this. I... But going to Fiona and just asking her what what she has, that can't be bad. Erythrindir kind of looks at her half betrayed, half understanding, and then the group. It's fine. But oh. I, 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 I agree with you. I'm, I don't want to get involved. It, it, with... it doesn't matter if we get involved. We're giving her what she wants. And that we means... We don't need I to give her what she what wants. Mean. We don't even need to kill Isaac. 
We could even plant evidence that she was working against him, keep him alive, keep him pointed in her direction. All we need is Irina. Fine. We don't need to get involved with any of this. We can just stay the night and go. It isn't our responsibility, but the one whose responsibility it is can't do it. And there's going to be nobody else. The other thing is, is that he's and uh, Metreon kind of very uh, stealthily points at Ismark. If we are going to travel, he's a good. He's a good man to have on our side. I mean, we leave here without much carbs, without Ismark. I mean, yeah, we did good against some wolves today, but those were just regular wolves. There wasn't them big wolves that we we had to run away from at first, and that's. There seems to be just the tip of the fucking iceberg here. I hate to say it, and I really hate to say it, but we need, if we're going to be here, we're going to need people. And Ismark is good people. He is. I'd rather him fighting for us, fighting with us, instead of resenting us for abandoning him and his sister. And this isn't, you know, lust talking or nothing. I mean, this is just, this is just diplomacy. If we go in and talk to Fiona and say we're going to do what we want, she wants, but then we don't, and we go in and rescue Irina from whatever place, and it, the, what I'm saying is, there's going to be two people, three now, actually who are at our backs are not at our backs in a good way but in the way where they're also holding a dagger yeah yeah we the moment we get this done we gotta go exactly yeah you know well, we don't have to come back here <laughs> i was gonna that's say maybe why, we don't get this done that's why we're going to be very careful about it and keep them pointed at each other all right well well, listen, we got some things we got to do when we get in there first. We drop it to the wine. Uh, we got to go, go, go see that toy maker, right? You've got a. Uh, we need Amity's brace, yeah. Hope it's done. Better be done. I'm willing to go and speak with the Lady Walker if anybody else wants to come with me or wants to not. I'll go with you, Lillison. She nods. I'm not well, stepping foot in that woman's house. Good luck. Well, maybe then you can you can go with Emily and get a leg taken care of. We'll yeah, and we need wine. we need the Mardikovs to pay us too. We're gonna need money wherever we're going. And if you do do some kind of mission tonight, then. Maybe I'd better not come. I mean, in, in the in the t- entire time I've been here, I've been struck or injured four times, and two of those times it knocked me out and broke my leg. I don't exactly have a good track record. When I speak to Lady Walker, I will represent it as if it was just me and Kiva. I will leave your names out of it. Thank and you. we can decide afterwards what exactly we are to do. 
And that also reminds me, uh, DM, with all the magical healing that's been going around, have any of our lingering injuries gone away? Uh, yes. Uh, Amity's limp. Uh, actually, has Amity been healed? I don't believe she has. Amity hasn't yeah, taken damage. I never take damage. <laughs> and Amity's limp is still present. Uh, let me check everyone else. If I'd taken damage, uh, I would have well, gotten another limp. <laughs> limp three, the limpening. Uh, yes, I don't believe that anyone other than uh, Amity would be capable of uh, having uh, that kind of healing. Alright. Well then. Should we... Disguise Ismark or just stuff him in the wagon? No, we could disguise, disguise him. him first. Disguise, disguise him, him, yeah. And, it, yeah, definitely. And it, it, as you do, Metreon, can you cover up the side of my face for a minute? After we get Amity's brace, I've got an idea. Uh, what kind of idea? I was thinking... If so, decent odds that Irina might be in the Baron's house, right? Yeah. I was thinking that I could go by there and as a tutor, somebody who we, we know he's got a son, we know he's about school age, go by there as a tutor, say that I'm willing to offer my services and see if little whoever the hell wants it. That way... At minimum, I can get inside the house, get a hint of the layout, talk things over. At maximum, I might actually be able to have a walk around inside while I teach little dipshit about cantrips. Yeah, yeah, you... I mean... Oh, it's gone. Sorry. I'm just gonna say, how can you be sure he doesn't already have a teacher? Why would he take some person off the street? Because I am from the outside world, and he kind of spreads his arms expansively. I am a han I, I am a handsome, mysterious stranger with magical tricks aplenty and knowledge of many far-off lands. Trust me, you hit them with that exoticism and they will melt. You just gotta make it off like, oh, but would you like to hear about the secrets of the sea of fallen stars of far-off lands? It's seriously, like they people love that shit. Kiva oh, looks but, but him up too, like, oh, a man as noble as you. Oh, good idea. Surely. Mm -hmm. Well, ideally, I don't get him. I would... I, I would love to watch you make this pitch. <laughs> you... Well, you can only be in two places. Or you can only be in one place at two times. Uh, yeah. Wait, how does that work? Look, if, if you want to go with him, I'm fine going to talk to Fiona on my own. Uh, no, no. I'm, I'm speaking to Fiona. I was just saying I would love to watch this at a distance. Thank you. But yeah, if you, if you all have any advice or buttering up tricks, I'm fine with it. But I do think it's a good idea. Well, uh, Izzy, uh, just relax. I'm going to, and Metron starts to step away and he's going to go ahead and start uh, darkening his hair up, uh, covering up the burn as much as he can. Uh, it's going to be a little bit painful for Ismark because it's a heavier pancake mm -hmm. makeup, but you know, got to do what you got to uh, do. I'll say you can, you can make a a dexterity check with your proficiency modifier if you're proficient, or if you want to take uh, I'd say a good hour or so, you can just take 20 on it. Uh, I mean, are we do we want to take the hour, or do we want to just get this over with? 
I think it, it doesn't need to be great. It just needs to cover the wounds. We'll make him look as different as possible yeah, for the that guards too. that threw him out. That too. While this is happening, Kiva's going to talk to the <laughs> Can I Mark take Collins. the 20? Yeesh. <laughs> Can I take the hour? Uh, I would say that probably Lillison, you're, you're taking your time. Lillison or you would probably point out, you know, that it's looking a little smudgy. Um, I will allow you to take the hour. Okay. Uh, what did you roll? I rolled a five. <laughs> okay, yes. Uh, you, you can take the full hour to just make sure you get it right. Sometimes because, it just be yeah. like that. You know, you, you put on your makeup, it looks horrible, you take it off, you try to put it back on. This isn't great off, lighting either, you know. It's, it's kind of standing it over my shoulder. takes an hour. <laughs> All right, so, so is um, Mark just going to Yes. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so while uh, Ismark is being uh, disguised by Metreon, uh, what is Kiva doing? Uh, Kiva's going to go outside and talk to the Marchkovs and explain the plan and uh, let them know that they're going to be bringing Ismark back, but just say he's like a cousin or something. And if Adrian has a moment, she's going to try to talk to him. All right, Adrian nods. Uh, that shouldn't be a problem. Um, if you trust him, I, I suppose we trust him as well. Uh, and yes, what is it, Kiva? So, look, this is the second time that someone in your family has kept the truth about things. What's the deal with the healing? Why didn't you take any damage? I watched your skin knit back together. He kind of closes his eyes for a second. Uh... Right. Um, look, it's it's a bit private. You'll understand if I'm not entirely comfortable talking about it. Um, the most I can say, it's a bit of a medical condition. Um, it's nothing to worry about. And I, 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 I want to insist that I was not looking to mislead you in any way. It's simply, it's, 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 a, it's a private personal matter. Okay, so would you happen to know about the private personal matter of your family in Velaki knowing giant human-sized ravens? I'm afraid I couldn't speak to that. I'm not entirely familiar with the company my brother keeps. Uh, we don't uh, talk quite very often, I'm afraid. Have a whole manner of secrets that you don't communicate with each other, then. Unfortunately, um, some go some deep. Perhaps I'll be able to reconnect. Uh, I apologize. Look, if there's something that you can do to help us in any way connect us with people like you, or even stick with us on the road for a little while, I... We're going in there to get his sister back, and we could use some reinforcements. Make a persuasion check. <laughs> I believe in you. It's a 13. He sighs. I'm... I'm afraid you might be promising more than... Or asking more than I, more than I can promise. Um, I, I don't mean to imply that uh, my family is not grateful for what you've done. We truly are. Um, 
merely this. Look, we will be returning to the winery when we can. That may take till tomorrow, even the following day, if our efforts to secure placement gear and uh, livestock are not entirely successful. We would be more than glad to accompany you if we're able at that point, um, at least as far as the Raven River Crossroads, if that's where you're headed. Um, but I I'm sorry, uh, my family, we're not... I'm not a fighter. You do what you can to defend yourself in these woods, but whatever you're looking for, I don't know that I can give it. What, what we're looking for is people to help keep us alive. And we gave you your home back, but... You did. I... I'm... Look, it's not that we don't appreciate the traveling here, but we didn't ask to be here. We're trying to do whatever we can to get out. And I'm sorry if this comes across as rude, but you are the first people who have offered us any sort of help other than the one who's in that cabin there uh, getting makeup over his bloody wounds. And it seems a no, little I... unfair for everything in this place, even the good stuff, to be denied us. He sighs and just kind of mumbles something under his breath that you can't quite uh, make out. Elver kind of shoots him a glance. Um, his, his brows kind of furrowed. And Adrian opens his eyes and meets your gaze again, lovely, not uh, shirking away, and just simply says, You're right, of course. You've... Again, I can't promise much, but... The most I can promise you for now and I, I want you to know that this is not out of any sort of enmity. All I can promise you now is that if you wish to travel together on the way back to the winery or wherever you shall go, we would be more than glad to accompany you. And I, I do hope that we can become better friends over time. But... Besides... And he just kind of shakes his head. And you and your friends don't deserve what you've had to go through. And he just leaves it at that. Kiva just looks completely crushed and uh, goes back and waits outside the door of the house for Ismark. All right. As you do, you see Elvir uh, speaking in low tones with Adrian. Uh, Elvir scowling and Adrian strangely looking almost thoughtful as he watches you go and then you move into the cottage with the others and they vanish from sight Kiva just fucking punches a wall <laughs> can we hear this uh, you hear her punching the wall yes as she enters the cottage okay <laughs> Lillison looks up at that flinches a little bit then uh, walks over to Kiva can we down over here? I'm trying to do something here. Sorry. At this point, uh, a good amount of time has gone by, and Ismar kind of like blinks up at uh, Eumetrion. So, uh, how do I look? Well, you know, it's it's terrible lightning here, and you know, it's uh, you know, it's a lot of moisture. It's very humid and all that. I I did my best. You know, it will make it work, right? Out of curiosity, how are you disguising Ismark? 
Uh, so I'm darkening his hair with my shoe polish, uh, tanning his skin up a bit, um, similar complexion to mine. Um, I am doing a bit of a technique to make it look like he's got a five o'clock shadow, maybe enhancing whatever five o'clock shadow he has with a bit of shoe polish to make it look like a, a bit more full. Um, and then uh, a hood of some kind. All right. He takes to it well and just kind of like kind of runs his fingers through his hair, kind of looking at some of the. No, 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 don't touch your hair. Don't touch your hair. Right. Sorry. I, I kind of pulls his finger away with a bit of like black polish on it, just kind of like scrubs it away in his pants. <laughs> Sorry. Erythrodeer is trying very hard not to crack up, but he is failing miserably. I mean, just. And he just, as he just kind of proffers a handkerchief here, you don't want them to see that you have. Oh, yes, right. Thank you. And he kind of like takes and just starts like trying to scrub out the polish from his pants and like has to like spit in it because it's like not really getting it out. Um, but eventually, and it's just kind of leave kind of this dark smear across his trousers. You know what? Here, here. And uh, Metreon will take off his jacket and then take off his uh, his hooded vest and he will give it to to uh, Ismark to wear. You give me this back. You give me this back when we're inside, right? He nods, uh, accepting it. Uh, it's not the best fit, but it uh, accomplishes its goal. Well, you know, his shoulders and chest are so much more broad than mine. Yeah. Uh, he kind of looks over the you and kind of like puts it on. It, it does its part to conceal his features a bit. Um, well, um, before we go in, I, his voice chokes up for a moment. I, thank you. Truly, none of you have to do this. None of you had to do what you've done. And I'm sorry that we haven't repaid you. But... Just thank you. Yeah, for sure. One good turn deserves another. And you've been good to us. He offers you a thin smile. Right. Well, shall we see what we can find and save my sister? Yeah. Though, once we get in there, find a place to get some rest. You're going to need it for tonight. He nods. All right. Sounds good. I'll leave the um, investigating to you then. But I guess we have to get in first. Yep. Yeah. Just just don't say anything. You know, just maybe you're on mute or something. Just, you know, be as inconspicuous as possible. He nods and kind of like draws in on himself, which is kind of tough because he's like 6'3 and like over 200 pounds, but you know, kind of like draws in and he, you know, tries to, he tries his best to look, you know, nonchalant. He doesn't do it very well, but he tries. You know what? We have people with horns. It's close enough that you're not here. They're going to be paying attention to. He coughs. Right. Of course. Shall we? I think we shall. Alright. And with that, uh, a newly disguised Ismark in tow and rejoining Adrian and Elvir by the wagon, you resume pulling your way forward uh, and begin approaching the mist-shrouded gates of Velaki's Palisade Walls. And that is where we will take our break. Woo! Oh, that's... that's Second half of this one's going to be fun. So, for some values of fun, yes. (laughs) Have fun, and we will see you all back here soon.